0: Good morning, good afternoon, welcome to the No Mongol Podcast, a weekly show about all things skateboarding. And my name is Rick Beta. Back from a three-week break. So I mean, I mean, it's still technically a weekly skateboard show, but you you get what I'm saying. But I'm fully charged, ready to do this. You can follow along on social media at Rick Beta. That's R-I-C-K-B-A-T-A. Or email the show, no mongo podcast at gmail.com. Now I guess the big question is where to start. A lot has gone down these past three weeks, and I mean a lot. I guess we'll start on a personal level. For me, I didn't get to hit up as many parks as I wanted to when I was up in Oregon last you know, two weeks ago. Actually, the schedule just got you know too insane trying to coordinate things for the adults, things for the kids. The the overlap just didn't work like in my favor. I did hit up one though. I didn't hit up the one with David Gravett like I wanted to. I was so close to it, too, but the timing didn't work out. But I posted it on my Instagram page. You can go check it out. All I'm going to say is I called it, quote-unquote, interesting. Yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. So check that out. Oh, here's actually a big one I want to talk about, too. Scott Loist, a.k.a. Spot the Looney, episode 103. Go back and check it out. He did the damn thing. Hit up 80 different skate parks in 24 hours. I will repeat for you in case, you know, this sounds fake. Sound it doesn't sound real to you. 80 different skate parks in one day. <laughs> Scott, you are a madman. Man, man. <laughs> I still don't know how in the hell you pulled that off. I don't. I don't have 80 I don't even think we have 80 skate parks in California. I don't even think we have 80 skate parks in the the north like in the, in the west, so including Oregon, Washington. I mean, probably maybe, I don't know. But, well done, Scott. Dude, eighty skate par, thats a record. Obviously, that's a broken record. He holds the record. I don't. Eighty. And if you don't believe me, I'll put the link to in the show notes below, and you see what I mean. So, but how, Scott? That's all I got. I wrote in my notes, how, Scott? How? How? I mean, you did it. That's great. I just don't know how you did that. It's crazy. Very impressive. What else? What else? Oh. Zane Timpson turned pro. Yeah, so well-deserved, Zane. I see you, Zane. I see you. I still think you should have gotten that trick of the year, but hey, that's just me. What else? Seems like there's something I'm forgetting. Something big. Oh, yeah, that's right. Skateboarding made its Olympics debut, and love it or hate it, but it was in its density. I mean, destiny all along you know you can't go back in time and change things now skateboarding is in the olympics i like it but i do have to admit it hit a little different than i thought it would you know you know i mean like i said like i said i've been pretty much hyping this up for the past couple years i'm all for it thumbs up yes it's meant to be it's great great for the, the the sport the art whatever you want to call it but when i finally sat down to check it out i wasn't as stoked as i thought i'd be I mean, I guess I was more annoyed than anything, but still. Maybe it was because I had to watch it, like, a few hours later after it aired. Because we were still in Oregon, and we had to record it because we were out to dinner. So, it I didn't turn it on until, like, later on when the kids were in bed. You know, I just didn't want to be distracted. am all right, we're going to go home. It'll be a little bit later. I'll check it out. Everyone's going to sleep. Oh, sweet. I get to check it out. But one thing that was really annoying to for me for this uh, particular uh, event was during one of the damn broadcasts, they cut to cycling. Right when things were getting like heated, when things were getting good. I think it was, like, what? Only the third round of the five-trick, you know, best-trick attempt. I was like, what the hell's up with that, Olympics TV directors? How dare you cut into the feed? This is skateboarding's debut, and you guys just said, Eh here, check out these guys on two, two wheels. They're all biking really close together. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying. This is what they decided to shift to right in the middle of skateboarding's debut, which, going back to the annoying part, is because we recorded it you know, at the slated broadcast time, you can only guess what happened next, right? Some of you probably have fallen along. You, you get what I'm saying. As I was fast-forwarding through the cycling, because I'm like, I'm not in the mood to watch this. I'm getting tired. Come on. I noticed the time left in the recording got much shorter. And shorter, and shorter, and then, poof, it stopped. <laughs> it only recorded up to like literally the third attempt of the five. You know, the, the, you get five attempts on best trick. That was it. I missed the whole thing. I missed, you know, I had to go to Twitter to find out who in the hell won the men's event. It was so annoying. So maybe that was partly the fact. Well, that was like my my first experience of Olympic skateboarding. Is like, boom. You know, I don't mind the delay watching on a DVR, but. Cutting cycling in? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Ah, anyway, but so yeah, I did find out, but it was cool because I did catch the women's event on Sunday. Some of it was on the road, of course, but we were home in time for all of us to root for Alexis Sablone. So we got to see her, all the family, you know, my, even my daughter was in it. She's like, yeah, we we're all rooting for her. Cause we'd watched the, you know, HBO, um, Brian Gumbelt special one. We were all in on Alexis. But she didn't win, and that's fine. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. It's all good. So big congrats to all the winners. Here they are. See if you can see a trend, though. See if you can notice something, you know. Okay, so women's street results. Gold, Momiji Nishia, Japan, silver, Heisa Leo. I don't know if it's Reisa, but I think it's Heisa Leo, Brazil, and Funa Nakayama, Japan. Got bronze. So Japan, Brazil, Japan. Okay, carrying on to the men's results. Gold, Yuto Horigome from Japan. Silver, Kelvin Hoffler, Brazil. And, well, wait for it. Bronze, Jagger Eaton from the United States. So yay, right on. I know I'm based in the United States. I know I have listeners outside the United States. But hey, I'm rooting for the quote-unquote home team. So Jagger actually... You know, he got bronze, which, which I didn't see, I didn't expect at all. Honestly, I thought I saw we would at least see Niger up there, but more on that in a sec. So, needless to say, a shock to no one Japan and Brazil crank out some of the best riders on the planet, you know? And I know I've mentioned this before, but in regards to the competition space, okay, I'm only talking about competition now. Could it be that we've gone from living in Nigel's world to living in Yuto's world? You remember my remember Utah chant, like a few episodes ago. Utah, 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 Utah. The momentum is in full force, full effect, and it's crazy how fast things change, right? I mean, what a difference a year makes, as well. You know, should they had if the Olympics happened last year, would things be different? I kind of feel like they would. You know, we all get a year older, and it's a little bit more difficult. But what will 2024 look like? All I know, though, I am stoked for breakdancing in 2024. That's what's up. That's going to be fun to watch. I'll be rooting for the team that plays jam on it or there's no stopping us. There's no stopping. I don't care if it's not the U.S. I'm saying it right now on the record. I will be rooting for whichever team cranks out those jams. And it could be the same team. I don't know how long these breakdance events, like, they're going to have two, like, dances or just one, one long one. But I don't know. Make it happen, universe. I want it, you know, jam on it. Boom, 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 boom. do. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about, kids. Trust me. Those two songs are the the top two breakdancy songs. You know, I used to have cardboard in my driveway. I, I can I have witnesses that can confirm this. Okay? I'm just saying. But back to Nigha. Maybe he should go down the route that Shane is gone and find himself a Uto to add to his team. That's not a hot take. Don't even, don't even pause. That's not a hot take. Just think about it for a sec. Think about what it's done for April skateboards. Right? Shane O'Neill, you know, he noticed he was kind of slipping in the contest. He's still entering and he's not, you know, he's still in there giving it a shot, but he's like, you know what? Just in case I can't win. I need someone else to do that for me. Yuto is and was that guy. He, that was perfect placement. You know, he snatched him from blind, got him out of that whatever contract he had. Like he, Shane saw this coming. So props to you, Shane, too. But I'm just saying, maybe Nigel needs to find himself a Yuto. I'm shrugging right now. I don't know. Not a hot take. Don't at me. Don't yell at me. I'm just stating what I'm thinking, man. Yo, come on. But as of today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, there should be the Park series, no Park event going down. I think it's Tuesday and Thursday. I got moved. I don't know why. I mean, this, you, the Olympic schedule is so confusing; it's just all over the place. So I would have talked about it obviously this week, but you know, it didn't happen over the weekend. So you'll probably hear me talk about the Park event. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they don't cut any cycling or fencing or badminton or anything, and just let us watch the damn event. Can you guys do that? Thank you appreciate it in advance so you'll hear more olympic takes next week so be sure to tune in all right hot and bothered after that oh yeah you know i had to talk about this next segment i had to i just had to you probably read my mind you're like yes of course rick creature skateboards released episode two of their amazing new series intruders and i knew you were going to talk about it so if you were thinking that you're right and much like I was, I was hoping for, and or like my no doy moment, duh, Rick. Sam hits is back as host. I, I mentioned that. Like, I don't know if this is the intention or like, uh, yeah, whatever. Of course, that makes sense, Rick. That's, but that's what they're doing. Sam hits is the host, and he hits up other riders, you know, homes or garages. It's just a, it's just a blast to watch. But Sam hits as a host, it just makes complete sense. But I, I was I was truly worried that they were just going to have like a, just a cameraman filming, kind of pointing the lens at every new skater this week, and they talk about it. But having Sam hits in there makes the show. He is perfect for this. So, anyway, so episode two had Willis Kimball, and had me laughing out loud multiple times, multiple. So here are some notes I took along the way. For one, I didn't know Sam had such like wicked archery skills. I mean, it makes sense. Dude's talented, man, multi-talented. But he went straight through like the can to get things rolling. And keep in mind, he was outside, shot through like the doorway, nailed his target. <laughs> that was my first pause rewind moment. Yeah. So I was like, damn, Sam. Save some talent for the rest of us, dude. Okay. Seriously. But Sam even asked some heavy-hitting questions like, why do you still ride these boards? You know, he's 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 taken his role as host very seriously, but Willis had the perfect answer. So you got to check it out and see how he, he respond to that. Very perfect answer. He then proceeded to pull out the change up. and I quote, "Sorry, goofy footers. Not for you. So a jigsaw nightmare, right? Yeah, you, ha- you have to see this board for it to make sense. But the thing had a baseball nose guard. And so I'm like, kind of weird spiral cut out for the tail all for the passionate pursuits for the perfect turn as he said you know willis did say a, a grind was done on it but most importantly it gave us like a wonderful soundbite every time you hear burr, burr, <laughs> take a drink i think that's how it sounded but it, <laughs> it happens throughout the whole episode but you just might get wasted actually i don't know if you want to heed that advice maybe not just take a take a drink of water take a sip of water if you hear that so love it now if you saw episode one you know how i loved how fascinated sam was with like his dimensions of like his collection he even busted out a micrometer which actually reminds me i need still need to order one so note to self again but for this episode he was fixated on finding things with willis's name on them. like that was his his whole thing he's like whether it's like trophies his Jeff Grosser Thrasher tribute magazine, his boards, etc. You know, it was it was damn entertaining. Another quote: "What's that weird purple trophy you're trying to hide?" <laughs> nothing gets past hits. Nothing. We did get a lesson on limited edition boards, though. Willis had one so rare that it was one of two, or as he thought, I thought it was half. Sam then took a closer look at it and got pissed. Because it was in perfect shape. He remembered that board. He obviously had his hands on it. He uh, was involved in the process. So he snatched it from his hands and told him he'll give it back to him when he's ready. <laughs> uh, the banter like between these two was, was beautiful. And he did get that board back with probably like the best technique ever, the slap and grab. Watch it at 7 minutes 38 seconds, kids. Watch it. That's how you do it. It's like a double whammy. That had me dying. Freaking hilarious. I mean, this is the best series ever. Love it. And then, since the ground was covered with beer, they decided to move outside and kind of excavate his like skater cross trophy, which dude, he had it hidden so deep. Like, he had to crawl through a bunch of bushes to get, like, to find it. And the story behind it was epic. Epic. His feet, I guess, were all jacked up. You know, Sam was trying to give him like some pep talk, and he still plays second place. You know, And I tried to zoom in and see if his name was on it, but no luck. I didn't really try too hard, but I was hoping Sam would ask him, Hey, is your name on that? Is it engraved? Can you prove it? All I have to say is that you would need to at least have that bad boy right next to the purple trophy, Willis. You know, just do it. No need to be ashamed of that bad boy. Let that trophy shine. Let it breathe. Now, as much as I loved this episode, I do have one complaint. They didn't spend enough time figuring out what was wrong with his clarinet. How does it get clogged? How does a clarinet get clogged? Is it lack of use? Did beer spill on or in it? I need answers. I need answers, creature. You guys just segued to something else. I wanted to know what was going on with that clarinet. Can we get a follow-up? Anyone know? And throughout this episode, I kept thinking how well or or how much of a disaster it would be if these two were roommates. And I think the clip at 9 minutes, 57 seconds pretty much summed it up for me. <laughs> I didn't know what w- Willis said, but I'm glad I didn't have any liquid in my mouth. I'll just leave it at that. That's sitcom material right there. Things did get a, like, a little emotional around 13 minutes in when he pulled out his first pro board. For one, it was like the first to have his name on it. So, hey, there we go. Win-win on Sam's eyes. Actually, let me say... His first to have his name stickered on it, not painted, stickered on it, <laughs> along with fake wheel wells. What if everyone's first pro model had like a bootleg from Samuel with like you know, kind of stickered, you know, name? Fake wheel wells. Sam, I think there's something here, buddy. So it got a little emotional. However, that moment didn't last as moments later, Sam said, We're going to fight off camera ASAP. After Willis complained about that cigarette and maggot's board or whatever, he just kind of chucked it in the piles. Well, here's the board I'm not going to ride tomorrow. <laughs> oh, gosh. Clearly, though, Sam has a place in his heart for that board and graphic as well. See, these are all p- close and personal to him. It's like his baby, so that I can understand why he wants to fight him off camera ASAP. But Sam handled it well, though. And notice how he said they were going to fight off of camera, not on. That's how gentlemen fight. No need for an audience. Mono e mono. I'm literally holding on my fist right now. You know, much respect, Sam. Much respect. But I probably wouldn't ride that graphic either, you know. But at least he was, you know, he should be grateful that at least he put rails on it to help protect those graphics. Even though he's not riding it. Those rails are protecting the graphics, you know. Just saying. So there is that. I love this episode. I love this series. And I'm also glad I didn't have to wait months for the new one to come out as well. But... Do I need to have one of these every three weeks? Probably not, but will I be upset if that's the case? No, hell no, of course not. But I just want to spread them out as much as possible, right? No need to rush them, you know? But much like I mentioned a few episodes ago, I will hype the crap out of these when they do come out. I don't care if it's every week, every three weeks, but I want to spread them out. I don't know how many of you guys have planned, so thank you, I appreciate it. I'll include the link in the notes below, and all i got to say is deco boco, Next up, want to talk about Red Bull skateboarding? They released Carl Berglund's Lunar Landscapes video a few days ago with the subtitle "Skate against a race drone." So that got my interest right away. So, however, they should have just named it "Skate with a drone," like they didn't really skate against it. You know what I mean? There wasn't any racing going on. But, anyways, but I, I, I yes, I did take the title quite literally. But I still, they got a click. It was a great video. But I wanted to see Carl go like head to head with the drone. Seemed very fitting for like the Red Bull brand, too. Anyway, nevertheless, this video was entertaining and stylish as hell. I was thoroughly entertained and a bit nauseous at times. And it was a nice look at the skate scene in Montana, a state that I think one day will be home to the biggest park on the planet. They're coming for you, Des Moines. I I, I know they are. First off, though, how about that hippie jump about 35 seconds in? I bet Aaron Monty was throwing stuff after seeing that one. That was legit. Going downhill, too. Like a tree trunk in the ways, Uh-uh. Hippie jump over it. See you later. And I freaking loved the clip about 40 seconds in to about 50, 50 seconds in. And try and spot the edit there. It was very smooth. I love that. It's like I said, I kind of get nauseous and dizzying after a while. But it did make me realize that if actually scratch that when... Chris Gregson learns how to fly. These are the types of shots and camera angles we're going to see from him. You know, can't wait till he gets his wings. Cause this is, this is what I was going to be. It's going to be insane. What five, 10 years from now, he probably is. And how about that park at about a minute in the overhead shot? I wouldn't even know where to start. Carl just like flowed through that thing, like running water, you know, and I want to go to there ASAP. Can you imagine trying to track like that, that footage in that terrain? on a board no way in hell you're gonna be able to keep up unless your last name is gregson that was insane and you know i loved loved that late shove about a minute 30 in still one of my favorite tricks to see especially when done so well chef's kiss. that was a great edit there too that worked for me definitely definitely worked also i failed to mention if you haven't seen this or when you first watched it you didn't have your headphones on Go back now, watch it again, and be sure to crank up the volume for his run, starting at about a minute 36 in. Dude was flying, flying so fast. And listen to the sweet sounds leading up to that bonus. Yes, more of this, please, please. More, thank you. And that Madonna, 3 minutes, 35 seconds per my notes I just wrote. Damn! So much style, so much extension. That was awesome amazing. Just pause it right there and take it all in. That's it. One thing I did notice throughout this, what, three minute, 55 second video is how he had the entire park to himself for like the entire day. Is that how Montana is? Do I have any listeners in Montana? If so, I'm moving there tomorrow. That's like a dream for me. You know, I show up to escape spots here in San Jose. And if there's like more than two people, I'm like, I already feel like the park is packed. I'm like, this place is too crowded, man. Having a park like that, for all of myself for all day is something I couldn't even pull off in my dreams there was like no one around the entire time not one scooter kid doing like tail whips not one OG cruising around like in full gears and pads no one I wonder what that feels like though because that never happens here at least not for an entire day I mean you have to get up ass crack early to do that here and that's only for like an hour and, oh man I did have the park to myself for 15 minutes so that's just insane However, I'm sure after this video, that'll no longer be the case. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Montana, people are defi- definitely coming your way now. So I bet even Scott Loyce is adding you to his list, man. He's going to probably hit up like 20 parks. If you guys got 25 parks in your state, he's going to hit them all. But that park looks legit. Legit. Let me know what your thoughts on that. If you haven't seen it, I'll include it in the links as well. Great video, great music, great ambiance, great everything. Great drone footage, et cetera. Great job to Red Bull as well. And finally, got to save this one for last because it's, uh, it's not upbeat in any way. There's no humor involved in this at all. Originally, I was going to talk about how Terry Kennedy re- recently left another fellow human with a fractured skull and concussion. But it turns out that victim has since died. Yeah. So and, and not only was this victim a fellow human, he was a fellow skateboarder and friend of Terry's as well. So his name was Josiah Casahoon Casahoon, and from the comments I'm reading on social media, Josiah was a genuine person with a contagious smile, like one that you would he would treat you like a homie at the park or just someone that you wanted to be around in general, like skateboarding. Like he was had that vibe and energy to him. So it just has you scratching your head, like why, what happened? There is a GoFundMe that is out there. I'll put that in the link as well if you want to you know, donate. First off, to all the friends and family members of Josiah, I'm so sorry for your loss. That's tragic. It's horrific. And as of this recording, we still don't know what exactly happened at that motel on July 27th. We don't know what caused Terry to snap and do what he did. I'm sure there'll be an update to the story as days go by, as more of investigations go on. And I'll be sure to update the story as well as I get more info. Or if you hear anything too, you know, feel free to pass it my way. But the whole thing is just bizarre and tragic. I do know for a fact that it wasn't worth whatever happened, whatever went down, whatever transpired, it wasn't worth someone losing their life over. Actually, think about it. Two people lost their lives because Terry's going to jail forever. He'll be in jail. He's going to rot in jail now. And regardless of any of the new upcoming details that come out or how it happened or what, what was used or, you know, how this all went down. The main thing is, it's still so damn tragic. So unnecessary. We do know that during the the booking process, Terry became very aggressive towards the cops. You know, he's always had that kind of chip on his shoulder, right? And that's not surprising at all. But Kennedy allegedly threatened to murder officers nine different times with his spokesperson saying, Kennedy told cops, I will kill one of you, police. We kill police where I'm from. End quote. The spokesperson has also said then that, that he referenced a 2017 cop killing incident in, in, incident in Whittier, California, claiming the skateboarder said, "We killed y'all in Whittier, California. We killed y'all, bitch ass." Clearly, Terry isn't right mentally, and some would say he hasn't been right for years. You know, I I didn't really follow him that closely. I think I followed him on. On Twitter, and he didn't really tweet a lot, didn't follow him on Instagram. But just from some of the comments I'm reading, like a lot of people are saying, Yeah, he the last few weeks have kind of just been very odd. So, what that odd means, I don't know. I mean, his account, I tried to look it up and his account's gone. Obviously, I think usually that's what happens in these type of situations. But yeah, I mean, he tweeted about his daughter like a couple weeks ago and you know, Bella, and now Bella's without a father, you know, and, and Josiah, you know, his whole family, they're all. They have to deal with loss. So there's a loss on both ends of this over what? It's just, it's just very, very sad. So all this info can be found on the website, uh, you know, TMZ sports is where I got most of my stuff. But like I said, I'll be sure to keep you guys in the loop. Very tragic and very, very unnecessary. So sorry to hear. So rest in peace, Josiah. Clearly undeserved and just, just, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say. Very, very sad for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'll, I'll check you guys out next week.